Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 23rd episode of the Short Drag Talk podcast. Today, we have a special writer here with us. We have a writer who is national champion of her country. She is a writer for Ghost Factory Racing Team. She has been in the structure for four years already. She was a World Cup podium last year. She started off her season as a cyclocross national champion this year. And she is likely to be one of the future riders. For those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, we have today here with us Caroline Boe, who is coming to the podcast uh, to discuss her season and to talk about her future goals. Good morning, Caroline. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. It's cool to be here on the podcast. No, it's our pleasure to have you here today. And uh, thank you for giving us some time on your only free weekend for quite a while, probably. Uh, so f- first of all, how did you, your year start? How was it South Africa and how was Spain? Yeah, so I just got home from first three weeks in South Africa, where it was really nice to be down in the sun, get some some good weather. I had the whole winter back in Denmark, and the weather in Denmark is not ideal to training during the winter. So it was nice to get some sun and some good training in down there, and also the first races actually. And then continuing to Spain, the weather there was not perfect either, but still good to to get the season started. And yeah, now I'm back home for a few weeks before the next trip is coming up. So that's good to be home now. Uh, that is good to hear. And we also must say that you started off the year with a national championship already uh, on cyclocross, which uh, judging by the conditions you had to race in, it was a proper cyclocross race, we could call it. It was for sure crazy conditions. Uh, it was, I think, my only cyclocross race this year, actually. And it was so muddy. I had to run half of the track. So it was not easy, but it's always good fun to to ride some cyclocross. And I was happy to take the title again. Well, I can imagine. Uh, was it sixth time already? I think sixth time, yeah. <laughs> well, not many people can say that, that's for sure. <laughs> And uh, first of all, uh, you said you went to South Africa first. Uh, how was the races over there? How was racing in the nice and warm sun, especially coming from the freezing cold in Denmark? <laughs> yeah, so it was super early of the year to start racing. I think normally I would not start with the cross-country races in January. So that was special and it was hard. Um, and the main focus on the trip was the training camp. So we did some hard trainings and then we used the the races down there also as a part of the training. But it was super cool. It was cool to, first we did two cross-country races on the World Cup track from 17, I think. And yeah, it's just one of my favorite tracks and it was really cool to be back racing on it. And yeah, I got a third place on the first race and a fifth place in the other one. So I was quite happy. I think it was a good start to the season. Yeah, I was going to say it's a pretty good start. And I imagine it's a pretty special place for you because it was your first World Cup in South Africa, if I had an under 23 a few years ago. Exactly. Yeah, my very first World Cup. And I remember back then I was so scared about all the technical parts on the course. And I remember the rock garden as the biggest, most scary rock garden in my whole life. And now I came back and it was not as bad as I remembered, <laughs> of course, but that was yeah. very cool to be back. Well, it's very special to be able and have the opportunity to go back to those special places that just bring, uh, bring such good memories. And then from South Africa to Spain, uh, to Banyolas, uh, first time racing there for you. How was yes. it? Because uh, for most people, it was 
it was a pre-World Cup race, we could call it like that. Um, most, uh, if not all of the riders that we expect to be on top this year were there racing. You had a short track on Friday already. So how was the weekend in general? Yeah, it was super cool to start. Like suddenly it felt pretty serious coming from South Africa where everything felt so relaxed and just pre-season training. Then we were in Banyolos and we saw all these big setups and the start list with so many good riders. Um, for me, it was still early in the season, so I didn't plan to get a peak performance there or anything. But it was really cool to to start and I had two good races, I would say. And yeah, the course was, I heard so many stories about that course because People say it's uh, like a cyclocross course. It's like with a lot of grass turns and stuff like that. And then I got there and the night before the cross-country race, it decided to get crazy weather. And we ended up having this crazy mud race and it changed everything completely. So it was yeah different from what I expected, but I had a really good race and I think I took the right tires on. So that helped also. Well, it must have been fun. And also you were riding, uh, especially on the Sunday race, uh, you were riding for the whole race up front uh, with Alessandra. Uh, I don't remember who was, EB that came from back. And yeah, then, exactly. Uh, but it was a tactical race. It's it's a different track, we could call it like that. Maybe sometimes it reminded me a little bit of Petropolis with very, mm-hmm. very flat, flat uh, climbs and not much technical parts. Well, the, the Petropolis had a big drop, mm-hmm. but it was it was a bit different. And what's the plan now? Uh, being for a few weeks at home and then... Yeah, so now I have, I think, three more weeks at home. And then we go to Italy with the team for a team camp. And I think I will do the the race on Elba and the race in Hyming. So I have two more races. And then after that, we are finally getting closer to the World Cups to start. Well, uh, that's exciting for sure. And how are you feeling about this season? What are, what are your goals? What, what can we expect to see from Caroline Boyer this year? Um, Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Like last year, everything went way better than expected, I would say. And I'm honestly a bit overwhelmed about how well it went last year. I didn't expect that for a first year elite rider. So I was surprised about myself. And I honestly just hope that I can keep that level and perform that consistently again this season then i would be very happy well uh, that's more than fair enough i was <laughs> going to ask you that uh, last year you had a really good season uh, you had the opportunity while well, you were in every race in the top 20 and we saw some caroline in the top five on the last races so how was it uh, seeing yourself in the top five of the world yeah that actually would be a dream for my whole career kind of I always wanted to one day in the future stand there on the podium in top five. And then I already pulled that dream off in the first year. So that was pretty, pretty crazy. And yeah, like then what is next? Like this was just the beginning, I feel. I just started. So it's really cool and exciting to to see where I will I will get in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you've achieved your dream already, you have plenty of years to raise. So I imagine <laughs> uh, time to find new dreams and uh, go chase them. And uh, first of all, you had the chance of, as an under-23 under rider, going to Olympic Games. Uh, not many people have that opportunity. So how was that whole experience for you and uh, being able to, as such a young woman, 
uh, just uh, compete at Olympic Games and represent Denmark. Yeah, that was also a bit surprising because, yeah, first of all, I thought that we Annika Langwald was still racing back then. So I didn't expect that we would get two spots and I didn't expect that I would get the second spot. I expected that Annika would get one and then Marlene and I would probably fight for the second spot. But I was so young and I didn't plan to go to Olympics. I thought if it will happen, it will happen. And then Annika decided to retire in 2020. And then suddenly Malina and I could see, okay, we, we got two spots now. This is great. Now we can both go. So that was really cool that we could go together and share that experience. And the race itself was also good. I was not used to racing the elite and I had no idea what to expect. And yeah, I got 13 in the end and did a pretty solid race. So but the whole experience was cool. Of course, it was different because there were no spectators or anything. So I think we didn't get that real Olympic wipe that many people talk about. But I hope that I can get back there in Paris and, and get the real experience. I was just about to say that Paris is right around the corner. So it's something you'll be, you'll be able to chase this season for sure. And now you mentioned Malena and I had Malena a few months ago on the podcast mm -hmm. already. And she talked about you. And yeah. she said that you you were really good rivals, and that she had the uh, her eye on the Denmark nationals this year because mm -hmm. it was her her turn her turn to win. So, oh, I'm well, not so sure you, about that. <laughs> I was going to say, how uh, would you describe your relationship with her? Yeah, my Malina and I we have a really good relationship, and now she moved back to Denmark, so that's really cool. We can train together as well, and. Yeah, of course, we have nationals also, and there we are, main competitors, and we will fight for the jersey, both of us, of course. But it's cool that we can be rivals on track and friends outside the track. I like that a lot. Yes, it's something you don't usually get to see, but it's something that uh, it's it's a special relationship, I would say, to have with your most direct rival, but at the same time being a close friend and uh, having that kind of relationship where you can actually tease yourself and not get annoyed. Because if that uh, declarations come, came from some of the writers in some other countries, that would probably be yeah. a, diff a different type. But oh, well. Uh, so now we've talked a little bit uh, about the present, uh, about the future, and I'm going to take a couple of step backs, and I want to I want to ask you a question I always ask because I find really interesting, which is how do you first start riding a bike? Um, so I started, or actually, I just I grew up in a cycling family, and my whole family were riders. My mom was riding on the highest national level on the road here in Denmark. And yeah, my dad also riding, then my brother started to ride, and then it was just natural for me. Like, I wanted to ride as well. But that was only road cycling. Um, and yeah, I just waited until I got big enough to fit on my brother's old road bike. And then when I could fit on it, I started to do cycling. Um, so yeah, then I was racing on the road for quite many years, and I liked that. I was not super talented i would say i was a very small girl and on the flat roads in denmark it's not easy to be super small um but i liked it a lot um and then when i was 13 years i got the chance to go to the youth europeans on mountain bike because they had these 
team relay where they had to be two boys and one girl. And we had a lot of fast boys, but no girls. So therefore, yeah, that was lucky for me. And then uh, I could go there. I just needed to do one lap on this team relay so that the boys could do their race. And yeah, of course, I did my own races as well. And yeah, that was my first mountain bike race ever, Europeans in Austria. I I had never tried anything like that before. And I was super scared about the technical stuff, but I also had so much fun and I just fell in love with the sport. And yeah, then ever since then, I have been riding mountain bike, basically. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really interesting to see. And now when you take a look back then, uh, do you miss road cycling? Sorry? Yeah, when you take a look back at uh, you being spending so much time on the road and then just switching to mountain bike, do you would you like to race in the road cycling at some point? Um, or are you using um, mountain bike? Now I still prefer the mountain bike, I would say. But I still I did some road races after also. I did roads in Norway as a junior and again in Innsbruck as a um, first year lead. So yeah, I did some, but it was it was hard. And when you're not used to, to be in the peloton, then it's it's really hard. But I still enjoy and I still train on the road sometimes. But I think for now, I will stick with the mountain bike. Super mountain bike. And what about the new discipline that has appeared now, uh, gravel? Oh, yeah. I I got my first gravel bike this year. And I did yeah some Danish local gravel races just for fun. And yeah, I, I like the sport. But then I looked up how the, the World Cups are. And I think it's like 160 kilometers or something. And I think that's a bit too long for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, okay, so now that's that. And we have uh, Ghost uh, growing as a team this year. It was a, was a bit of a smaller team last season. So how has the training camp been with the new girls, uh, with the new new added stars? And how's the relationship on the team? Yeah, it's I really I'm really happy to be in the team. We have such a it's like a family. We have a really good time together and the three weeks in South Africa they just flew away. It it's really cool to be there. Like now it's my fourth season with the team. So I also got like very comfortable with everyone and we got Isla to join this year as a new rider and Steve is fitting in really good and I was also racing the Tanqua Trek stage race with her. And yeah, it was a really good time. I think a good team building to suffer together for four days. <laughs> and well, uh, yeah, I just enjoy being with the team all the time. That's really cool. Well, that's amazing. Yes, I was about to say, uh, you've already been with the team so for four years and you've been yeah. performing really, really well. So I think that says a lot about it. And now uh, let's get a little bit more emotional. I wanted to ask you, you've had a pretty long career, we could say already, and with lots of experiences, but what would you say has been the race that you've enjoyed racing in so far, like the most, the one that keeps a special place in your heart uh, for any particular reason? Um, I think Noah Mestel. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, I think my first, my first fifth place in Noah Mestel last year, that was very, very special because it was the first one and it was so unexpected and I always loved that track so much and just to yeah the year before I was fighting against Mona for the win on that track as well 
and I got second and now I was yeah sprinting against Yolanda for the fourth place um, and ended up getting fifth and yeah I think that was very special. Well, uh, I mean, getting the first World Cup podium is is always very special. And uh, you've been a national champion for a few years now. Uh, and how does it feel? How did it feel? Because now I imagine it's something, it's still a special, but it's something not as special as it, as it was before, I can imagine. So how is it for you being able to just race uh, national championships and just win them and be, realize you were the national champion? It was very special to win the first one, I would say. Um, I was super nervous before that race and I knew it was possible, but like, yeah, everything has to work out on the day. And I don't know what it is about nationals. It's just such a, such a special event. Like everyone brings their A game to home and it was very special. It was like actually just, I think, 10 kilometers from where I live we had the race and yeah my whole family was there my local club was hosting the race and I could take the win and my first national jersey that was really really special well, I can imagine especially being close to home and having everybody cheering for you uh, I can imagine it must have been a very special place yeah and now enough cycling for a bit. Uh, we've talked mm -hmm. a lot about cycling. Uh, what is it Caroline enjoys doing outside of cycling? What is it? Where are your hobbies? Other hobbies? Um, I think like every other cyclist, I'm a lot into coffee. <laughs> I love making coffee and drinking coffee. Um, and actually, this off season, I got a small job as barista in a cycling coffee shop in Copenhagen. So um, I had really a lot of fun making coffee down there and. Uh, yeah, I like that. And I just like being outside. I like to go swimming in the lakes and in the sea, especially in the winter here in Denmark. I love the, the kick you get when you get out of the cold water. And yeah, and I enjoy that and just being outside with friends and family. I must say uh, that's a bit savage. <laughs> <laughs> You should try it. It's surprisingly good. <laughs> I mean, I live in the UK and I know what water feels like here in winter. So <laughs> I think... I was in yesterday and there was snow on the bridge down to the lake, but it was really good. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate the offer, but I think <laughs> I'll postpone it for sometime, sometime in the future. That's fair. Uh, yeah, but that's exciting. And at South, outside of the bike... And coffee, is there anything that interests you in particular? Uh, something because you guys, uh, during the season, you have a lot of time uh, traveling and just uh, on the race course uh, when you're not training, when you're on the bike. What is it you enjoy doing in those times? Yeah, like, I mean, actually, I feel it's quite busy when we are on the road all the time. Um, of course, the main focus is our training and our racing. And then we have to recover beside that. So... The days does go quite quickly. I always, when I come home, I think like, huh, so what did I do now? I was gone for three weeks and I was only riding my bike. Um, so it's not that I feel I have a lot of time to do a lot of stuff beside that. Um, it's mostly when I'm back home here, I have time to to catch up with friends and family and, and do all the stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, that's fair enough. And I wanted to ask you, because last year you performed really well. So... Uh, there's many people now that are starting to have mental coaches and people to help them with nutritionists. Is that something that helps you or is it something you do by yourself? Yeah, for sure. So with the nutrition, we have on the team a nutritionist um, 
And I think that learned me so much. I I didn't have any problem or anything, but I just I didn't have the knowledge of how much you have to eat during your your training and racing. And I think that learned me a lot. I could like before I could maybe go on a three hour ride and just drink water and a bar and I would be fine. But now I realize that that's not enough for sure. And I'm fueling way different now. And yeah, I I eat way, way more than than I, what I used to. And it's it's so good for the training for sure. Well. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you were saying three hours without eating, I would die. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, whenever, yeah, that's... whenever I go out on the bike, I like each 40, 45 minutes, I got to be eating something because if not, my, yeah. my, all my casks for it. I'm the and, same now. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of a mental coach, do you have somebody to help you with that? Yeah, actually, we have uh, from the national team, we have a mental coach and I have been working with him like on and off, but he also teaches me a lot. I think... Yeah, it's when you train every other aspect as a rider, then it's clearly that you should also train your mind. I think that's one of the biggest parts. So uh, I think that also learned me a lot. And still, like, there's always mental stuff coming up and there will always be harder times and easier times. And I think that's that's really good to focus on. Well, yeah, uh, that's for sure. And at the end of the day, if you have the mind clear, it's always going to be better when you are on the start line, just thinking about the race and not having uh, this or that uh, just bothering you a little. And yeah. yeah. And well, that's good because at the end of the day, uh, now a sport is getting more and more and more technical. It's more and more and more, but <laughs> everything you can take care of really uh, just helps a lot. So, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, we've talked about the best moment, which was uh, Novi Mesto uh, last year, uh, fifth place, first Walker podium for you. What would you say it's been one of the worst moments so far of your career on the bike? Um, I think, oh yeah, that must have been in 2020. So that was my my first season with Ghost. And I was so motivated, so excited to finally get racing. I was third year on the 23. And the year before, I was also always just outside of the podium fourth and fifth and I never made it to that podium in under 23 and then yeah beginning of the year everything locked down corona and I was yeah it was super frustrating but I just I kept training and I was I was so motivated still and then we finally got a date that the whole season would be compromised to these two world cups Europeans and worlds in four weeks and the week before that, we had nationals in Denmark. So it was like the five most important races in five weeks. And uh, I went to nationals. I packed everything for the whole trip because I was ready to finally go to all these races and meet up with Ghost. And I was so excited. And then on my course practice before the day before nationals, I crashed and broke my collarbone. And yeah, from one minute to another, that whole season was just out. I I couldn't do anything. I yeah, I had to get surgery on the collarbone and I missed the whole season in 2020. So that was really tough to be raiding and training the whole year for these five weeks of racing and then I missed out the whole thing. 
Yeah, I can imagine it's not the most ideal situation, but sometimes <laughs> uh, it happens. Injuries, unfortunately, uh, come at the most unexpected moments, and they don't they don't care whether it's uh, national worlds. They they just come, and it's it's a bit unlucky. And in those times, uh, those times when you were. Uh, feeling a little bit down and a little bit especially I can imagine after surgery some pretty tough times how do you how do you get up from that and just uh, get back on the bike slowly and uh, be where you are now where basically uh, one of the best 10 riders in the world mm -hmm. probably yeah I think I just try to of course I was super sad like the first days it it was really hard but then I thought okay on the long way, this is in the bigger picture, this is not meaning too much. Like I have good time to come back and maybe I miss out one season in under 23, but I maybe have 10 years of racing left if I want to. So I have the the whole life in front of me and I just try to focus on, okay, I get back on track and probably there was a reason why this happened. Like, Maybe it was good for me to get a break anyway, and then I will come back stronger next year. Uh, that's fair enough. And if you take it like that, at the end of the day, you're able to evolve and not get stuck in just uh, some of the toughest moments, right? And I also, I'm also curious, I always do this question too, which is, uh, who do you have? Well, do you have a rider? Maybe you don't, but someone that you're really competitive with and that you're always fighting positions for maybe in the world cup maybe in nationals with malena but at the, at the end of the day you're really good friends with um yeah i think that's also like with my teammates of course we always we all competitive i think you have to be competitive as a rider and maybe they will say i'm the most competitive of all of us but I think we all are competitive and we like to, to compete. And when we are on training camps, we like to hunt the Strava comps and like be the fastest one. And like, it's all just fun. But when we out there, we, we always want to compete. But in the end of the day, we are, we are really good teammates and we have a good, good time together. I can imagine. I was also excited to this interview because I've already had two people on, uh, which were Malena and Anne Terpstra. <laughs> when I when I had both of them on the podcast, they said you. So I was like, I got to ask her the question to see who who pushes yes. harder. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's exciting, and of course, it's a really good uh, relationship to have with your teammates at the end of the day because it just allows you to push yourself a little bit more and perform a little bit better. And uh, something I'm curious about, uh, you're still quite a young rider. So, for example, growing as an under-23, did you have any kind of rider that you dreamt of or that you kind of idolized that you wanted to be like uh, at the time? Yeah, I think when I was starting, we still have Annika in Denmark. And uh, she was like the best of the best. And for me, she was like very far away from where I was back then at least. And I was really admiring like what she did. I think that was really impressive. Um, and yeah, in the end, it's all the top riders that I'm racing against now. Also, Anne Tapstra and all the, yeah, all the riders in the field. I was like really impressed. I still am, but now I can be a bit surprised when I see my name next to theirs because that's still, yeah, I still feel they are like 
they are the best in the world. <laughs> oh, and now you're one of the best in the world too, I would say. So uh, it's something, but still, so I, I understand the emotions and that is something really special to just see your name uh, right next to the best ones in the world. And I wanted to uh, know, it's interesting to see how many people have a, like a pre-warm-up or a warm-up before races that it's always the same. Do you have something that you always have to do before races or something that you know you always like doing like this? Or are you just going with the flow and however it comes, it comes? Um, I think I'm pretty relaxed about that, actually. Uh, I think when I was younger, I maybe was sticking a bit more to exactly doing the same things. But during the years now, I learned that I can also do my best races if I mess up my warm-up completely or if something goes wrong. In the end, it doesn't matter too much. Uh, so I try to be pretty relaxed. And of course, I have a plan for the race. I will eat three hours before. I will start my warm-up 50 minutes before start and stuff like that. But if there is something happening, I will not stress about it. And then normally my race will be fine anyway. Okay. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's each one is a different person and each one has their different uh, uh, kind of uh, habits to do before and after races. And speaking of after races, uh, World Cups can be very intense from the weekend from Friday till Sunday. So is it something you really enjoy doing on Sundays after the, when the race finishes and just being able to relax? Um, Normally, we are very tired and we have to travel home the day after. So it's not always that relaxed but i think i enjoy if we are having a good pizza for dinner and just everyone are still there from the team and we can have a nice pizza and chat about the race and then we will travel home or to the next world cup the next day i must say that has been the most common answer so far of having a <laughs> nice pizza after the after the race uh, especially <laughs> from the riders i've had so far i've i've gotten that answer a few times already i can imagine <laughs> But uh, to be fair, a pizza comes in well at any point, any time, really. So I, yes. I can relate to that. <laughs> I can relate to that. And uh, something that uh, just came up to my mind and I'm kind of curious about, uh, when you train uh, by yourself, do you usually go with music or with podcasts or whatever? Or is it something you just uh, relax and enjoy the views? Um, I would say 50-50. Like, it's depending. If I do hard intervals, I like to have some music because... Maybe it can take a bit of the suffering away. Uh, but some days I also like to just go without anything and just be there in the nature. Yeah. Yeah, that's more understandable and that's more than fair enough, of course. And uh, now, well, you said you had achieved your dream already, which was uh, kind of getting a World Cup podium, but that was last year. So what is it uh, you would like next dream, uh, to call it that way, if you can tell us something you would love to, you would love to happen or you would, you're looking forward to? Yeah, of course. Now I had the top five and always in my family, we have this discussion if top five is the podium or if top three is the podium. And I would say as a mountain bike rider, top five is a podium, but my brother, he's not agreeing. So I think I need the top three to officially be on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, of course, I would love to get that. Uh, you always want more. And I will, I will want, I like to, I would like to step up my game even more for sure. Um, but I'm also, I know that I cannot affect how the other riders will be performing on the day. And there can be stuff happening. And even if I do my best race, if they are just three more having 
an even better day, then it can be hard. So I think I try to not focus too much on the results and just focus on, I still feel I have so much to learn in the sport in general. And if I can develop slowly, then I'm sure that that podium will come one day. I'm sure of that too. And I got to say mountain bike podium is still five. That's yeah, sure. that's good to hear. I will <laughs> tell my brother to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Do you have a competitive relationship with your brother? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we also like to go training together, but we also like to race each other. <laughs> well, that's, that's a dangerous game to play, but it's always fun and exciting to have a relationship like that with your sibling and just being able to kind of compete at the same time have one of your best friends at the end of the day there. But it okay. sounds... It sounds interesting. Well, uh, that's everything on my side, I think. I hope I'm not forgetting anything. <laughs> and I always like to ask at the end of the podcast uh, for people to give me a song to put at the end. Oh. So something you enjoy listening to. It can be anything. It can be something that hypes you um... up or that calms you down. I don't really mind. I don't judge. So, okay. And there's no copyright so far because I just edited everything together. Okay. So Great. anything you like. Um, so actually on our team, we have, um, this playlist with every writer and every staff, they have a song per person where they like sing about their name or something. It was Nicole, my teammate who started it. She's the DJ. Um, and I think the thing started actually after my first World Cup podium in under 23 in Alpstad, where my song, of course, got Sweet Caroline. So, um... Now everyone has a song, but I think this was the first song we got on the playlist. So uh, I think that must be my song. Okay, so we'll put your song on then. We'll leave everybody with Sweet Caroline on. Uh, such a classic. Uh, thank you, Caroline, for coming. Uh, I wish you the very best this season, and we'll hopefully see you getting that top three this year. <laughs> thank you. I hope so, too. And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you. Touching warm, reaching out.